High Praise Podcasts. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Joshua, lead pastor here at High Praise, and I want to thank you for downloading today's podcast. We know that this message is going to encourage and bless you. So I want you to open up your heart and receive what the Lord has for you today. As most of you know, uh, throughout this, uh, we actually started at the beginning of the year, we started a series called At the Core, and one of the things that we really wanted to do is uh, begin to rehearse and begin to go back uh, and minister on some of the core values, the things that we hold very dear as a church body, the biblical values to which we ascribe to uh, as a local church. And there's been so many wonderful things that have been shared already. Uh, as Pastor Stacy already mentioned, Pastor Joshua last week ministered a word on a house of unity, a church of unity. And how many of you know that unity is important? Why? Yes. Because God commands his blessing in the place where unity abounds. And whenever there's, the Bible says wherever there's strife and division and envy and jealousy, there's every evil work that's going on. And so it is important that we understand the necessity of being unified, of being together, uh, not murmuring, not complaining, but being on the same page, all pulling together than working against each other. And it was a very, very powerful unity. It's, uh, and uh, one of the things that the Lord has done, it's been our vision since day one, 27 years, over 27 years ago when we started the church, um, we had a vision to see our church, we said, I said this, and Pastor Joshua bared it out last week, but my vision, our vision, was to see the church look like the community. In other words, it was a reflection of the diversity of peoples that were here. Uh, how many of you know whenever uh, in heaven there's not, like the, uh, there's not like the black section, the white section, the Asian section, the Hispanic section? How many of you know we're all one? Amen. Amen. We're all one in Christ. It is a powerful message. And we, you know what? We have... We have worked to see that take place, and now we have it in operation and in function in every area of ministry, in every department, uh, every aspect of our church. We see all races, all people, all genders, absolutely. And by the way, there's only two genders, just so I want to make sure that everybody... So we see both genders. Uh, yes, both genders. Not all uh, genders. We see both yes, genders. Yes, whenever we say, well, that's all that's there all. is. That's there's right. just that's two. It. Male Bottom and female, line. right? Two. That's the way God One, did it. Two. One and two. Male Boy and female. Boy and girl. Right. Yes, man, man and woman. Praise the Lord. That kind of gets us on our... Yeah, well, I'm going to get there. Okay. <laughs> Just keep talking. But uh, praise the Lord. <laughs> Run out for the past. Here it comes. All right, all right. But... Uh, I missed that one. Yeah, the, but, you know, we have seen that happen and take place here in our church, and we're so thankful and grateful for everything that the Lord has done. And we're also thankful for every single one of you that have helped Amen. see that vision come yes. to pass, that have Amen. worked and labored. Many of you have been here since day one. Uh, Gil and Ruthie, they've been here since day uh, two, actually. They got here the second <laughs> service. My mom and dad, they were here the first service. And uh, Pastor Joshua was here the first service. Miranda hadn't, hadn't made it later. yet. Uh, and, uh, but, you know, Paul was here the very first service, Pastor Paul. And so wonderful how that we have worked and we have labored together and we have seen vision fulfilled Amen. and uh, to God be the glory great things he has done uh, this morning we want to share some things about the uh, the core v uh, value that we have concerning family and marriage you have to understand that a church is never any stronger than the marriages and the families that comprise that church 
You're not going to have a strong church just because you have a strong preacher. Listen, I know some churches today that have real strong ministry in the pulpit, but the church isn't strong because the marriage and the family that's occupying the pulpit is not strong themselves. You know, uh, it is so important, and I've said this from day one, it's so important that Pastor Stacy and I, and of course now Pastor Joshua Miranda, that our marriages are strong because if our marriages aren't strong, if our families aren't strong, then the people within the church, the families and the marriages within this church will not be strong. And so it is so important. And we always have to realize that even before God created the church, before God ordained the church, the first thing that he did is he created a man and a woman and he ordained the family. So God is about marriage and family first. And then the church, a, a strong church is built from strong families. But part of our vision statement, as you look back there, of course, it's threefold, equipping believers. And the second one is what? Building families. Building families. Everybody say building families. Building families. And the family actually begins with a marriage. It, it begins with a, woman, a man and a woman coming together. Pastor Stacy and I, of course, we were married almost 43 years ago. June will be 43 years ago. Uh, we were married, and I look at now, it's, it's what started with her and I, now when we get our family together, us and our direct descendants, we have 17 of us all together. Isn't it amazing, you know? And, say, and, and I thank God, and by the way, all of our kids are serving God, and all of our grandkids are serving the Lord. They're all involved in the house of the Lord, all involved in church. I said it before, you know what? I could live in a cardboard box on the side of the road, and I'd still be a rich man. Um, now, God wants you to live in better than that, but I'm just telling you, that's the things that really matter in life is your marriage and your family. Uh, let me read this scripture to you, Genesis 2. We read this actually Wednesday night, 2 verse 18, and the Lord God said, it is not good. It's not good that man should be alone. It's not good that Adam should be alone, but I'm going to make a helper comparable, a helpmeet comparable to him. Praise the Lord. I'm so glad that God made a help me for me. Praise the Lord. God made exactly what I needed. I mean, she is perfect. Praise the Lord. And, and I heard, I was getting texts Wednesday nights, so I just want you to know, before he started preaching Wednesday night, I mean, before he left Wednesday night, we were sitting on the couch and I said, okay, yep. I want to know everything you're going to say tonight because I need to vet you before you go because I am not going to be there and yes. I need to make sure what you say is yep. okay. Yes. And then I was getting texts. Your husband is on it tonight. I'm like, he got home. I said, what did you say about me? <laughs> so I started to come in today with a shark fin on my head. <laughs> Just saying. You'd had to be here to understand that. So you need to be here on Wednesday yeah. night to get the jokes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she didn't have the shark fin this morning. All right, verse 21. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. <laughs> that Men are still doing that today. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman, praise the Lord. And he brought her to the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, praise the Lord, woman. And I, you told, I've said this Wednesday night, you know, God causes a, a sleep to call, come upon Adam and takes one of his ribs and then he forms a masterpiece, his greatest creation. This is the end of everything. How many men are glad that God created the, yes, amen. And he brings this woman to him. She doesn't have a stitch of clothes on and he wakes up and goes, whoa, man, praise the Lord. Right. That'd be an illustrated message, wouldn't it? And by the way, men still do that today. Glory <laughs> to God. Right? 
Oh, y'all see. Listen, we were not a religious church, praise the Lord. We're a, we're a Bible-believing church, amen? And that's just, that's what the Bible says. That's what God did. All right. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. You know, I heard Bishop Hammond say this so many times. I've heard him say it again. Uh, I quote him quite frequently because there were so many wonderful things that he said. I put to memory, it, put, it lodged in my heart, but one of the things that he said was this, the greatest team that God ever made was the husband and wife team. That's the greatest team that God ever made. You know, and the, I, now we know that, yes, God uses other teams in different ways, but the greatest team that God ever made and the greatest team that God ever put together was a husband and a wife, amen? Praise the Lord. And, and obviously today is Team Sunday, and so we're wearing our Kelsey and Mahomes. Don't ask me anything about football because I don't know about football. And we're not here to talk about football today. We're here to talk about marriage and family. And like Pastor Robert said, the greatest team that God put together is husband and wife. The Bible says that one can put a thousand to flight, but two can put 10,000 to flight. So whenever you are in agreement, you can accomplish so much more with your spouse than you can on your own. So it, um, it behooves you to be in agreement. It behooves you to operate in unity together. And in our book study that we're doing, the cover to cover that we're doing, um, that we've been doing, um, Live Unoffendable, I always started out with this, love is patient, kind, not je jealous, not proud or arrogant, not rude, not selfish, not provoked, does not hold grudges, oh does not keep track of wrong, oh does not rejoice in unrighteousness, rejoices in truth, bears all things, believes all things, and endures all things. How many of you are married folk out there? How many of you have to remind yourself of that daily? I mean, there are things that happen in life. There are things that happen in your marriage or just things because we live in a fallen world that happen. But you know what? If we'll use love, the, the biblical uh, definition of love in our marriage and in our home, then we'll always have peace and harmony and joy. Now, I'm not saying that always happens because Sometimes we get in the flesh, and we shouldn't, but we do. But if we'll always go back to these principles, we'll have peace, we'll have, our, our prayers won't be hindered, they'll be answered, and we'll see breakthrough in our lives, and our families, and our workplace, and everything that we touch will succeed and prosper if we will walk in love toward one another. It starts here. If I can't love him right, I can't love you right. If you can't love God right, you can't love your spouse right. So we gotta get on the same page and begin to walk in love and put these principles. You know, um, Pastor Robert always says, love is patient, love is kind, and love is kind while being patient or long suffering. You know, you have to be kind while you're suffering long because there are things that I go through that I know he has to suffer long with me because it's a process. Sometimes we all go through processes of getting through things. You know, something hurts you or something said or something happens and I'm not even on the notes so I'm pulling a Pastor Robert today. Uh, and that's okay, if he can, I can, right? <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> you missed it, Travis. <laughs> 
So sometimes we have to suffer long and we have to be kind while we're suffering long. So um, we always have to put the principles of love, but God did it right when he created one man and one woman. He didn't create you know, you to be with another woman, women. He didn't create you to be with another man, men. He didn't create objects to be in your relationship. He didn't create um, two or three other people to be in your relationship. God did it right when he created one man and one woman. And that's the way it happens. You can't procreate with another woman. You can't procreate with another man. And God said, be fruitful and multiply and subdue the earth. And the way we do that is one man and one woman. Amen. So God did it right in the beginning. And nothing, no law, no, uh, no uh, idea, no principle, can ch- or false principle, can change any of that. God's word is true and it does not lie. So one man and one woman is what defines a godly relationship. Amen. Well, God did it right in the beginning, and I'm glad God did it right. And uh, whenever, whatever God does, he always does right. So Amen. when he put one man, one woman in the garden, he did it right. And in doing so, he instituted the marriage. He instituted right. the family. That was, and that still is today, the bedrock. It is the foundation for family, and not just family. It's the bedrock of society. And we have to understand that anything that deviates from what God originally created, what he originally planned and ordained, ultimately it will destroy a society, it will destroy culture. You see, you have to understand we're not against anybody, but we also, uh, it is important to note that whatever God has declared, that is truth, and that is the way that we will survive and thrive if we will do it God's way. And I believe that God did it right. And I'm just going to say, I want to add this in too. You know, God did it right in the covenant of marriage. Not one man and one woman outside the covenant of marriage, but in the covenant of marriage, one man and one woman together forever. Amen, because we told our kids, Pastor Robert always says this, we told our kids, we're not gonna tell you who you can marry, but once you say, I do, you're done. Now that's no condemnation for those of you who may have have, uh, uh, been through a divorce and remarried. Just stay with the one that you have today, amen? And make it work, make it last, make it work. and make it right. Make it Amen. Right. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so, uh, let me just share a couple of principles. We're going to share a couple of principles that are important uh, that will cause you to have a successful marriage or a successful team. One of the things that you need to begin to look at your spouse as is that is not your adversary. Right. That person is not your enemy. That person is your team member. That person, you're, you're, you're working together. You're not to be working against one another. And I think so often adversarial relationships actually happen within marriages and homes and husbands begin to look at their wives as that's the old ball and chain and trying to keep me back from my happiness and they don't want me to watch what I want to watch on TV, da, 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 da. And then it can also work the other way where a wife is looking at her husband as that, that no good thing that's just sitting on the couch all the time and I've got to, you know, this around the house needs to be done 
son? Why doesn't he ever help me? And so, you know, what begins to take place is there's this adversarialness that begins to uh, brew within the relationship. And listen, if that's happening within your relationship today, what you've got to do is you've got to lasso that thing very quickly. Amen. And you've got to begin to change your mind and begin to look at your spouse in a different way. You are not my adversary. You are not my enemy. We're on the same team. Amen. And we're going to fight together, not fight against each other. We are going to war with... Yes, hallelujah. We're going to war against the devil. We're going to war against the enemy. But we are not going to war against each other, right? Amen. Amen. And so the first uh, principle that we want to talk about this morning is just the principle of commitment. Yes. Now, I know that sounds... Uh, you know, it, it, I don't think, you know, cliche, and many times people don't really realize what all that, uh, that means. But understand this, uh, marrying the right person alone will not make your marriage work. It will not make your family work. You can have the best individual in the world, that, and you could have done all the marriage tests, and you were 100% compatible and still end up in divorce. You may have even had prophetic words about that individual, and I know of some prophetic marriages that ended up being pathetic marriages. And, uh, and you can have all the words in the world about that's the person and I brought you together and that's all wonderful and great. But understand this, your marriage, your family will not survive without this one C word, commitment. Amen. Look at somebody and say, you got to be committed. And... You know, you can have all the words, like Pastor Robert said, you can have all the words in the world and, and you can um, have all the co compatibility in the world, but unless you choose to be the right person and unless you choose to be committed to the relationship, unless you choose to believe good, and if you, unless you choose to act right, it's not, you're not going to have a relationship that'll last. So commitment is more than just words said. It's more than just um, a uh, you know a thing that you do at an altar. Well, we're going to make a commitment to one another. No, it's a daily process that you walk out. It's a daily action. It's minute by minute because every minute. As human beings, we can be offended, we can be hurt, we can be uh, taken back by something, but you know, we have to choose to remain committed. We have to choose no matter what's going on, I'm staying committed and I'm not giving up, I'm not gonna throw in the towel. You know, it's uh, no team ever wins if they throw in the towel at halftime. No team ever wins because if they give up when the other team uh, scores a touchdown and, and they're down. No, you rally together and you come back for the greatest win ever. You know, you, just because you're down now doesn't mean you can't rally together as a team and commit together as a team and win the game of life and win the game of marriage. You know, it's, it's anyways, right. go ahead. I'm well, the sorry, truth I'm of the matter is if you will function together as a team, you're gonna come out with a victory. Amen. You're gonna come out with a W on the other side if you function together as a team. But what happens is the enemy wants to sow seeds of discord. And, and, and by the way, it happens, okay? It, yeah. it, it just happens. It, but you have to, at that moment in time, say, no, we're committed to one right. another. I'm not going to go anywhere. I said I do. I'm going to be with you till death do us part. Murder is not an option. Praise God, we're going to make it through. Amen. One way or Amen. another, right? Yes. And uh, I mean... Let me Mary folk know what he's talking about. <laughs> Honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you, don't, you have to remind yourself of that. Yes. Praise the Lord. 
But the reality is this, marriage will only last if you make a commitment to it. Marriage is not 50-50, it's 100-100. We will only have the kind of relationship that God intends when both partners commit 100%. And that, what that means is this, I, my priorities are correct, which means first of all is my relationship with God. That's the number one priority. The second priority in my life is this right here. This relationship right here is second. It's not my job. It's not career. It's not hobbies. And by the way, men, listen, if your hobbies are more important than your wife, mm, praise the Lord, you need to fall in love with them once again. Ladies, right? listen up. And you need to make some decisions. And I'm not saying you can't have a hobby, but if, if you're going to go out five nights of the week with the guys, so to speak, but then you have problems, you don't want to go shop with her for one hour, then your priorities are messed up and you need to get some things in order. Amen? See, the Bible says, God, uh, Paul said this, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. And he, he didn't stop there. He says, and gave himself for it. In other words, whenever, and I think a lot of times people get married thinking, I'm going to have somebody to serve me. But understand this, you didn't get, yeah, I hear some people laughing <laughs> about that. around here. <laughs> well, you find out very quickly that is not the truth, right? No, you, you didn't get married so you'd have somebody to serve you. Listen, men, you didn't get married so you'd have a lover at night. You'd have a cook during the day and a maid during the day. And then you'd have a babysitter for your kids once you have kids and a, a taxi driver to take them wherever. Listen, you married because you're going to lay down your life for your wife. You're going to give yourself for your wife, right? And that means you're going to have to do some things at times that you don't want to do, okay? That's just the truth, okay? You know, I didn't like shopping whenever we, she loved, she liked to go shopping. I didn't like, I, you know, my idea of shopping, I need a pair of shoes, I'm in, I, there, that's them, I buy it. And I'm on, before anybody can see me, I'm already in my car out the mall, you know? Well, you know what? I had to learn, you know, be, uh, to to like some things that she likes because the reality is we were total opposites, still are today. But the re but the thing is, you can learn to do some. If you want her to do some things with you, then maybe you need to learn to do some things with her. Give right, and it shall be you give given yourself. unto you. Give yourself to Amen. her. Amen. So myself. commitment is, is not based on emotions. You know, so many times everything is based uh, on emotions and feelings. We're all feely kind of people. How many of you women are feely women? Oh, I know there's more of you out there than that. I am not the only feely woman in this room. Oh, you're very feely. I'm, I heard I was very feely. Very uh, feely. Yeah, I think we had dinner with Whit and Grayson last night, and he was telling Grayson how, how uh, emotional, what an emotional being I was. And I was like, I'm not that emotional. That's a lie. But anyways, so it's not, a commitment is not based on your emotions or on your feelings. It's based on decision and discipline. Because like I said a while ago, things are going to happen and you're going to feel things. Things are going to happen and you're going to get emotional about things. Things are going to happen and you're not going to always like the cards that are dealt in your life. But you know what? Commitment means you're disciplined, you've made a choice, and you're going to stick to your choice, and you're going to remain, and you're going to see it through, and you're going to Put down all the negative emotions. Put aside all your crazy feelings that are going on because there's nothing that, nothing but the enemy screaming in your ear to divide you, to separate you, to cause you to be at odds with one another. Because the Bible says that whenever you're at odds with each other, your prayers are hindered. Did you know that? 
I want my prayers to be heard and I want my prayers to be answered. So I want to stay in unity with my husband. I want to stay in, in right relationship with my husband because if I'm not in right relationship with him, I have to question my relationship with him. So, I mean, think about it because if I'm, if I'm sinning against my husband by being offended, offense is a sin and then my prayers are hindered. The things that I'm asking for, God's got a deaf ear to me because I need to get some things right. And so we can't get all emotional and feely about our commitment. It's a discipline and a decision that we make. Marriages last because of commitment. It just bottom line, just bottom line. Not because you're in love, because the feelings of love come and go. You know, um, I was in the hospital. I'm gonna tell a quick little story. I was in the hospital, I don't know, a few, a year or two ago, and <clears throat> I didn't vet him on this, but he does it to me all the time. So, yeah, it's okay. He still loves me. He's got to, right? Absolutely. So our prayers aren't hindered, right? <laughs> so I was in the hospital a few, a few, I don't know, years ago. I don't even know when it was because I don't remember much about that hospital stay. Matter of fact, I remember very little about that hospital stay. And um, I... Uh, understand that I was very ugly during that hospital stay and I said some very cruel and mean things and my son is down here Pastor Joshua is shaking his head yes to the point where Pastor Robert had to leave the hospital and could not stay because he was the target of all of my whatever I still don't know I think they're lying to me because I don't think I could ever be that cruel or mean do you no I'm too sweet thank you <laughs> But they had to call our daughter Kayla in to come and, um, you know, kind of be with me and make sure I acted right and behaved right. Yeah, I was on a lot of medication. And so I'm like, don't ever do that to me again. So I still to this day don't know what I said. So he had to forgive. <laughs> and he had to forgive a lot, I heard. And he had to make a decision to continue to love me even in when I was unlovable. So, you know, there are times and there are seasons in our lives when we're unlovable. Maybe your spouse is unlovable in a certain season of life. Maybe they're going through something. But you know what? You've made a commitment and you're gonna continue to love and you're gonna continue to do what's right and you're gonna get through it and you're gonna overcome it. And because of it, you're gonna be better than you were before and you're gonna give the enemy a black eye because the enemy hates unity. The enemy hates the power couple of the power team of a husband and wife. You know, Kelsey and Mahomes are going to play today, and people say they're a power team, but I'm telling you, there's no greater team than a husband and a wife whenever they come in unity together. And whenever you operate and you behave the way the Bible commands a marriage relationship to be. Amen? And I don't know where the notes are, and I don't know where we're going, so you just pick so, up there. Yeah. Well, the bottom line is you got to be committed, you know, and Pastor Stacy's working on a book right now. We were going to call it Sheer Commitment. We still may call it that, but, and that goes back to another story, which won't, uh, but basically one time we were in the mall whenever it was still in operation, and uh, we met some folks, saw some people that uh, were there that we knew uh, from the past, and we're telling them somehow it came up how long we were married. At that time, it was about 30 years, and they, they said, how, how, how have you made it work? And just just came out of my mouth without even thinking sheer commitment and uh and and she felt as though i had said that you know i had like suffered through it uh 
but the reality is, the reality is your, your marriage won't work and it won't last without sheer commitment. There are times that things happen. You just have to say, I'm committed to this and I'm not going to leave. We're going to make it work because I didn't marry somebody to make me happy. I married somebody because I wanted to make them happy. Right. There's a different, different perspective altogether, right? And you complete one another. So marriage isn't about what, what, what can you do for me? No, marriage is what can I do for you? When both, part, both parties actually go into the marriage that way and are committed to it, you're going to have heaven on earth, Amen. okay? That's what's going to take place, okay? You know, the reality is football teams win because the players commit to the game, okay? That's it. They're committed to practicing. They're committed to doing. What I found many times when Christians, what they do is they want their marriage to succeed just because, you know, we have a problem, so we're going to just have somebody pray over us. And that's going to make everything disappear. Unfortunately, that's not what happens. You've got to commit. And you've got to do the things that are necessary. You know, you can't pray over an athlete and then they're going to go all of a sudden become, you know, a, pa a Patrick Mahomes or a Brock Purdy or anything like that, right? And I think it's very interesting today in the Super Bowl. Of course, uh, all of the 49er fans are very aware of this. And Brock Purdy was Mr. Irrelevant in the yeah. draft. He was the very last pick of the draft. He makes less, I think, than any other NFL player uh, makes. But uh, today, he's going to play in the Super Bowl. You know, isn't that amazing? But I'll tell you, you know, it, I don't believe that he's playing in the Super Bowl uh, because all of the scouts underestimated his ability. What I believe is Brock Purdy said, I'm going to show everybody something, and I'm going to commit to practice. I'm going to commit to making myself better. What would happen in our marriages uh -oh. if every husband would make the same commitment? Maybe. You know what? I'm going to commit myself to this, and I'm going to be the best husband. People that counted me out, I'm going to be the best husband that I can possibly be. And wives, what would happen if yes. you did the same? He said, I want to be the best wife. I want to be the godly wife that God has called me to be. I will tell you, we would see marriages come together. We'd see people come together. And rather than living in an adversarial way, we begin to love one another in the way that God designed for us to love. And that doesn't come with just a want. That comes with a, a desire first, but then right. it comes with you doing practical things right. that make that transpire. Right. You can't just dream and wish. You know, when we were little girls, we all dreamed of our wedding day and we dreamed of our, our marriage. But then when we got married, it looked nothing like what we dreamed of because life is real. Right. But what would happen if we would begin to apply the principles of the Word of God and the things that we know and the things that we don't know or the things that we need help in, we begin to reach out and we begin to find help and right. we begin to draw on others who have strong marriages and we begin to look to others and begin to example them and we begin to put those things into practice, then we begin to see the dream that we dreamed of even better than what we ever dreamed in our marriage. The reality is every one of us have to be willing to work to see our marriage succeed. It's not going to automatically happen. And it's not going to happen just because you have a marriage seminar. And that's not going to happen just because you have pastors who have a successful marriage. The reality is this, every single one of us who are married, when the moment we said, I do, we also pledged ourselves that we're going to work on this relationship. We're going to be the best spouse that we possibly can be. And I'll tell you, uh, as wonderful and as kind and as um, uh, uh, lo loving as your spouse may be, 
It will not work and you're not going to succeed if you don't learn to work on your marriage and work on your home. Now, Stacy and I, and you've heard me say it before, we're total opposites, you know, uh, and I think a lot of times people think that, you know, if I just marry the right person, then everything is, or if things are not working out, this is what said, I married the wrong person. And can I tell you, you didn't marry the wrong person. The problem is this, you're just not being the right person and they're not being the right person. And I have this actually in our marriage seminar, every marriage that I do, every wedding that I do, I actually uh, say this, marriages today succeed not because of finding the right person, but rather being the right person. Amen. You know, if we would focus more on being the right person, being the right spouse, the being the right husband, being the right, uh, the right wife, I will tell you, marriages would succeed. Marriages would prosper. Marriages would flourish. Homes and families would come together. Because I will tell you, one of the greatest things that's in, that the, the, one of the greatest influences upon your children is what they see within your marriage and your home. And whatever they see, they're going to also begin to then emulate themselves. And so I want to encourage every single one of you that to make a decision to work. We're going to come to a close. You know, I think another thing that happens many times is we think of this uh, whole idea of compatibility. And I know we've heard that before, but we've said this before. Throw out the entire idea of compatibility. Because I've come to the conclusion that Stacy and I, when we got married, we really weren't compatible. (laughs) And the reason I say that is because we're totally opposites. But actually what what makes you fit together is the fact that you are total opposites. What makes you fit together is the fact that you are, you know, uh, different from one another. And so understand this, don't allow your differences to cause you to have a separation. Let your differences draw you to one another. Like a magnet. Right. They're opposing forces, but because they're opposing forces, they're drawn together. And a a strong magnet magnet is hard to separate. So let your marriage, look at it that way. You know, what, where my weaknesses are, that's his strengths. Mm -hmm. And where my strengths are, that may be his weaknesses. So we make up one another, we complete one another, and therefore we can accomplish more. He can see things and perspectives that I can't see, and I may see things and perspectives in, in a way that he doesn't see. But that doesn't make us wrong. That just makes us uh, better. Amen? Right. So today, to sum all of this up, we have a lot more notes, first of all, which we did not get to. Because he did them. <coughs> but, <laughs> but, the reality, kind of guy. but the reality <laughs> is this. Every single one of us have to make Amen. a decision today that we are going to commit to our marriage, that we're going to work on it, that we're not just going to think that it's just going to automatically happen And I think sometimes, you know, it's real easy to begin to think, well, you know what, if we just spent more time hugging each other, kissing each other and getting intimate with each other, then all of a sudden that's going to make the marriage work so much better. And that's all wonderful and good, but I can tell you, you can have all of that and you can still, we're feeding back by the way, Bruce, uh, you can have all of that going on and still end up having problems in your marriage and having problems in your home. And we all must make a decision that we're going to work on our marriage. How many of you this morning will say, I'm going to work on my marriage. I'm going to work on my home. I'm going to work on my family. Would you stand to your feet today? You know, we made this declaration this morning, you know, in the name of Jesus that we, uh, what were the lyrics again that we said, uh, 
I speak to the enemy. You can't, can't have, have my family, family, for we belong to the Lord. And I believe that we need to declare that once again, that we speak to the enemy. You can't have our family, because we belong to, Lord, to the Lord. As for me and my house, we're going to serve you. As for me and my house, you'll have your way. As for me and my house, we're going to serve you always. Can you lift your hands to the Lord this morning? I know this is a different kind of message today. We only do this once a year, actually. Uh, but I believe it's very important that we begin to realize we are on the same team. Husbands and wives are on the same team. A lot of times we have focused on ministry, and I see it all the time. I see people with anointings, but yet their marriages fall apart. Right now there's things that are going on within the church world. Got people that were heavily anointed of the Holy Spirit, but yet there was all sorts of sexual misconduct and sexual sin that was going on in their lives. It's brought great reproach on the church. You know what? We have to make a decision that we're not going to allow that in our homes. We're not going to allow that in our family. I know this. We've been faithful to one another. Been married for almost 43 years. We've been faithful to one another. We're going to keep on being faithful to one another. And I'll tell you, if you will do that, you got to make you got to make a decision. You're going to put up a guard against the enemy. Every attack of hell. We say, devil, you can't have my family. You can't have my marriage. You can't have my spouse. You can't have my home in the name of Jesus. Can you lift your hands right there? Lord, we just thank you today for what you're doing in families and homes. Everybody just pray this with me in the name of Jesus. Lord, make my house a house of worship. Make my house a house of praise. Make my house a house of unity. Make my marriage a reflection of the relationship of you and the church today. I declare, devil, you can't have my family. You can't have my home. You can't have my marriage. We belong to the Lord. We belong to the Lord. Now lift your hands and thank him for it right now. Thanks again for downloading this podcast. We trust that this message has blessed, encouraged, and edified you. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss a message here from High Praise. Also, you can follow us on social media, on Facebook, and on Instagram. And don't forget to go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll be back soon with another incredible message. God bless you and have a great week.